You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. If you want to have a testimony, when you get to the end of your life or even living your life, this right here might be your testimony. It could be. Verse 6 says, they were both righteous before God. Wouldn't you love to have that testimony, church? Walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless, and they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. They were both now well stricken in years. Now you folks know that just means she was old and he was old. Past the childbearing years. Now, the Bible says, verse 8, it came to pass that while, they, while he executed the priest's office before, before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. It would be wonderful if God's people would pray around the house of God. But they were praying, they were praying as he's burning incense. Now let's read if you would. And, the, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Now unless you think Zacharias is not a spiritual man, what, what if you're in the middle of church and an angel just shows up? Wouldn't that be a little fearful for you as well? Uh, he was scared. He was afraid like we would have been. Verse number 13, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Aren't you glad God still answers prayer? Amen. He hears our prayers. He hears them. He said, Your prayer has been heard. You've been praying about this for a long time. But God still answers prayer. Amen. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness. And many shall rejoice at his birth. Look at verse number 15. If you don't mind underlining in your Bible, would you underline this phrase in verse 15? For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. And shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to, their, to the Lord their God. He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He had one purpose, one purpose only. I'd like to ask you, if you would, would you pray with me? But as we pray, would you just say, Lord, I'd like to do some, something great for you. I'd like to do something great for you. But what does it really mean to be a great man? What does it really mean to be a great woman? What does it mean to be great? Would you pray and ask God to help you to be that way? Lord, I thank you so much for allowing me to be in this pulpit. Lord, I'm honored and I'm blessed to be able to preach your word one more time this side of heaven. Thank you for Brother Treber. Lord, thank you for Miss Treber. I pray you bless them and their family. Bless her health, if you would, Lord. I pray, Father, you bless this staff of this church and have your hand upon them. 
Let us serve you with joy. Let us serve you with, Lord, just happiness. And, Lord, I pray that gladness would be in our hearts. And, Lord, I pray that today if there's someone who does not know you as their Savior, please, Lord, please. Lord, we want them to be born again this morning. We want them to be saved. Father, if there's one of these blessed children who do not know you as their Savior, I pray that they'd be saved today. If there's a blessed child, you're working on their hearts, Lord, please. If there's an adult or teenager, whoever and whomever you're working with, Lord, I pray that we'd be sensitive to your spirit this morning. We love you, Lord. Thank you for being so kind and gracious to give me this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I was thinking about greatness. If I were to mention to you, and I mentioned to you earlier about Einstein. Don't forget that name, Einstein. I also thought about a man who was great by the name of Shakespeare. How many of you ever read Shakespeare? All six of you. Okay, all right, good. There's a bunch of you. All right. Shakespeare, you heard that name before. He's a great writer, someone we remember as being great in his writings. If I were to mention the name Rockefeller, John D., a wealthy man, just about two hours south of where we live, there's a little island off the coast, off of Brunswick, Georgia. And all, they, there was, they bought this island years ago, and Rockefeller and, and Vanderbilt, Goodyear, a lot of names you'd recommend, uh, rec, uh, recognize, they bought that island and they made a little resort out of that island. And back in the early turn of the, night, uh, of the uh, early 1900s, all of those men had homes and they would come for summer and they lived that area. And one-sixth of the world's wealth could be found on that island at one time. One-sixth of the world's wealth. Rockefeller was one of those men. He was, he was a great man of finance. He was a man who understood what it means to, and how to make money. So we think about him, you think, well, that's good. He was, he was a great finance, financial mind. If I were to say the name Spurgeon, and I would have put Charles Haddon or C.H. Spurgeon, you'd say, my, what a great, great preacher that he was. We think, my, great preacher. If I were to take, and some of you young folks won't remember this one, but if I were to uh, put the name Jordan and add Michael in the front of it, you guys have no idea I'm talking about, do you? They're looking at me like, who's Michael Jordan? Just one of the greatest basketball players so you say he was a great basketball player. If I were to say a name such as Ronald Reagan, you'll say, my, what a great president. If I were to say the name Joe Biden, you'd say, my, what a great liberal he is, all right? Just kidding. I know, I know where I am. I know where I am. I'm, I know where I am. All right. All right, I'm just trying. Like I said, they think I'm going to be in prison. Okay. If I were to say Jack Treber, some of the folks around this country, many people would say, my, what a great preacher. Amen. I say amen to that. We think of greatness and what it means to be great. The world defines greatness in a different way than God defines greatness. The world defines greatness, and we look at people who have made money, made a name. They've been they're wealthy. They have had a lot of, uh, of great business or they have, they have made a lot for themselves. And we look at those folks and we say they were great, but they're great in the eyes of man. And that's okay. But if you've got to choose rather to be great in the eyes of man and to be great in the eyes of God, you'd better be great in the eyes of God. 
There's only one man that ever had the privilege of being called great in the sight of the Lord. Read your Bible, look it through, and you'll find this that only one time that one, one man had this title given to him. He shall be great in the eyes of the Lord. You know who this man was? His name was John the Baptist. John the Baptist was great in the eyes of God. The Bible says in verse number 15, he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Luke chapter number 7, if you want to turn there just real quickly, Luke chapter number 7. Let me show you what the Word of God says in Luke 7. What Jesus said about John the Baptist. Oh, you got to, you got to remember this guy, John the Baptist. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter number 7. In verse number 28, the Bible says there, Jesus said, I say unto you, among those that are born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. What a testimony. He was a great man. He did some great things. But probably he was not great as, his, as if and when we think of greatness, John the Baptist actually was a little bit different than what we think. First of all, I want to look at his heritage, if I could, just for a moment. When you look at Zacharias, Zacharias was performing in the house of God. He was a priest. In other words, he had a job to do in God's house. That's a pretty big, that's a big deal. That's, that's a pretty big deal to serve in the house of God. Can I just say to every one of you that serve at this church, it's a big deal to serve in God's house, isn't it? Isn't it a blessing to do the work of God? But not only did you see Zacharias, but you've also got Elizabeth. Elizabeth was of the lineage of Aaron. You've got a mom and a dad uh, who, who are, are walking with God, living for God, honoring God with their lives. John the Baptist had a great heritage. Can I say to you, most of you in this room, if, um, many of you at least have a great heritage. You have a mom and a dad that love Jesus Christ. Aren't you thankful for your heritage this morning? But I want to say this to you. Having a mom and a dad that love Jesus Christ does not make you great. It was not his lineage that made John the Baptist great. It was not his pedigree. It was not where he came from that made him great. Rather, I find out that John was a great preacher. Crowds began to come where John was preaching. When he showed up, John was like a wild man. I can picture John like some of us in South Georgia, like a redneck would look. Y'all know what rednecks are out here in California? You don't have them here, but we have them over there. They drive pickup trucks. They have mud on their mirrors, and they, 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 drive, they ride four-wheelers and things like that. You guys don't even know what dirt roads are around here. We have dirt roads and things like that where we come from. We have redneck. I mean, I, I can picture John the Baptist as he comes out with that wild hair, that, that camel's clothes. I mean, this guy looked wild. And people began to flock to him and come to him, and they listened to God as he prayed. He said, hey, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And begin to preach, and crowds begin to come to hear John the Baptist. But it was not his preaching that made him great. You see, we have the idea that if I build a large church, I'm great. There are a lot of false prophets who have built so-called churches, but they're not great men. If I have a large Sunday school, I'll be great. If I have a large bus route, I'll be great. 
If I can do something, build something big for God, and I'm thankful for our ministry, I'm grateful for God's blessings, but that does not make us great because we have a building or we've succeeded in business or we've done something and said, well, the world has said you've done something great. That does not make us great. But what is it that makes us great? It wasn't the crowds. It was not his lineage. It was not his, it, his accomplishments did not make him great. If that's the case, if we say, preacher, but look at what I've done. I have built, I, I built a wealth. I, I built wealth and I built homes and I've, I've amassed a lot in my life. Preacher, I've built a great life. Can I say this? John the Baptist would have been a failure if it was based on what he had at the end of his life. Preacher, but I've got a great retirement fund. Preacher, we've built a lot of wealth and we've done some great things on this earth. But if that's all you've ever done, you've missed the mark, friend. You missed the mark. John the Baptist ended up in a prison cell with nothing, with no one. Most of his preachers, I mean, most of his parishioners who'd come to hear him preach had left him and they had followed, started following Jesus. He really died with nothing. But yet he died with everything. So I want to talk to you this morning if I could. What does it mean to be great? Here's what I found. If you want to write this down. Number one, greatness is declared. It is declared not by our lineage, not by our accomplishments, not in what we've done, but greatness is declared in the eyes of God himself. I do not seek for man's pleasure. You cannot look around and say, I want them to approve of what I'm doing. But rather, I want God to approve of what I'm doing. What is greatness? It is described. Not not only did we declare it, it is described. Number one, John, the Bible says, and I'll let these Bible scholars have to figure all this out. But he was filled with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. Now, you know this, don't you? The day and age we live in, when we get saved, the Holy Ghost comes to live inside of us. How many of you believe that? Can you say amen? Amen. When we get saved, born again, God in the form of the Holy Ghost lives. He comes to reside in us. That happens at the very moment that you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. As a six-year-old church boy who grew up in church at the moment that I received Jesus as my Savior. That is when the Holy Spirit of God came to live inside of me. You say, preacher, what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit of God? He resides in us, yes. But why does God tell us to be filled with His Spirit? Can I say this to you? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need Jesus Christ right now in your life. You need to be born again, not later. Not next week and not next month, but you need to be saved right now. Because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And at the moment that you receive this salvation, the Holy Spirit of God comes to live inside of you. He was filled with the Spirit of God. The Bible says even from his mother's womb, I'll tell you who a great man is. A great man is one who has Jesus living on the inside. It's amazing to me that God still saves old sinners like us. People who are nobody, people who are going nowhere, 
You may be a, a bus kid that says, I don't have a great lineage and I don't have great mamas and daddies. I don't even know who my dad is. I don't know who my mom is. Or I don't know, I, don't, I live with grandmother. I don't have a great lineage. And some of you are going, I've never accomplished a lot of things. And some of you said, I've never had a lot of stuff. But if you've got Jesus Christ, you've got all that you need. He's all that you'll need. He's all that you'll ever be, ever need in your life. Jesus is all that we ever need. So therefore, at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And because at that moment, that makes you great in the eyes of God. Because you have trusted His Son as your Savior. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I'm going to heaven. And I'm glad I get to go with you folks. Even if you are from California, I'm still glad we get to go together. It's great to be going to heaven because of one thing. What Jesus Christ did for us. So therefore, the Holy Spirit living on the inside. Now, I'll give this to you. Just because you're saved does not mean you are filled with the Holy Ghost of God. When I say filled, I mean, does He have every area from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and everything in between your mind, your eyes, your ears? That is when we say we're giving God everything. That is when we are filled with the Spirit of God. God, you can have all my life, my soul. You can have my eyes, my ears. You can have my mind. Lord, every day of my life, I get up, and here's what I pray. Lord, help me to walk in your Spirit today. Lord, help me to be filled with your Spirit today. Lord, help me to, to walk where you want me to walk and talk and say what you want me to say. It's something that we do every day of our lives. See, you don't just say, well, I got saved, and I don't need God anymore. We need God every day. We are vessels that God wants to use every day of our lives. He wants us to be filled with His Spirit. John the Baptist was filled. If you want to be great in the eyes of God, get filled with His Spirit today. Number one, be saved. Number two, get up every day and say, God, you can have my life. I'm here for you, Lord. The Bible says, know you not that you are the temple of God? Colossians chapter 1 says, which is Christ in you. I just happen to be one man who's very thankful that God still saves old sinners. You don't have to have an education to be saved. You don't have to have a lineage to be saved. You don't have to have a lot of degrees behind your name to be saved. You don't have to have a big bank account to be saved. You can be saved no matter who you are and where you are. God still saves us. He was filled with the Holy Spirit of God, but notice here's what I, if I could, just in, number two, not only was he filled, but he was willing and he forgot himself. He forgot himself. Life's not about us. Amen. Sir, life is not about you. Church, it's not about us. John said these words, he must increase, but I must decrease. Our life is not to make a name for ourselves. Our life is not to build up ourselves. Our life is to magnify Jesus Christ. We're nothing more than a mirror that says, Here's, here I am, Lord. Make sure you position it just right so that Jesus can be reflected off of my life. Lord, I just want you to be magnified in my life. 
I want you to be uplifted in my life. Lord, I want to make much of you in my life. Lord, whatever it is you need to do, Lord, do it through me so that you may be lifted up. He must increase. I must decrease. Jesus Christ wants to increase in your life. But to do that, we've got to learn to decrease. Because there's no room for God and pride in the same place. I don't know if you ever listen to the news. I hope not. I, I'm, not a, I'm not that type of person. It depresses me. Yeah. Does anybody else get depressed listening to the news? I just decided years ago, I said, I, I, I can catch all I need to know in about 25 seconds. And after that, I'm done. It's depressing. Do you ever listen to politicians talk? Yeah, I guess you folks have politicians in California, don't you? And they talk, and they talk, and they tell you everything they've ever done, how good they've ever been, how great they're going to be. We've got a, this guy that's running for our presidency. That's all you hear is about how great he is. And if you're not careful, you'll start getting that mentality. I've got to be great. And I've got to be. And it's all about me. Can I remind you? Life's not about us. It's all about Jesus Christ. Can I, can I say it this way? When John was out baptizing one day, here, come, here comes Jesus. And John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. John just said, Hey, I just want you to know, this world that I'm, this life I'm living right now in this world, it's not about John the Baptist. This is not about Brian Patrick or Ava Martinez or Jack Treber. This life is not about us. This life is all about Jesus Christ. He must be lifted up. He must be magnified. Moms and dads, in your home, Jesus Christ needs to be esteemed. He needs to be lifted up. He needs to be magnified. He needs to be reflected in your life. Young people, Jesus Christ wants to use you in a great way, but he cannot use you in a great way if you will not lift him up. He must increase in our life. John just forgot himself. He said, this is not all about me. It's all about him. And because John said, he's taken, away my, he's taken away my members. He's taken away my congregation. He's taken away my folks. But John said, no, no, no. I get to the end of John's life, and John ends up in a prison cell with nothing. No one and really nobody. John sent and said, I just want to make sure that he is the one. Jesus said, you go tell him the lame walk, the deaf hear, and the blind see. You just let him know I'm still who he thinks I am. All John was is what we are. Forerunners of Jesus Christ. I believe this with all my heart, don't you? That Jesus could come right now. Right now. How many of you believe that? Can you say Amen. Therefore, if he could come right now, what does that make us? That makes us forerunners. Just paving the way. Just laying the foundation. Rolling out the red carpet. However you want to describe it. That's all we're doing. Because the main man's about to show up. And when he shows up, we just step to the side. Say it's all about him. It's all up, preacher. Young folks, young people, you say, I want to do something great for God. Can I, I challenge every one of you? 
Do not make that your goal to be great. But rather make it your goal to be godly. And if you will make your goal in life to be godly, then you will be great in the eyes of God. And that's all that really matters. He shall be great in the eyes of the Lord. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.